Hello everyone, I'm Ben Irving, one of the lead producers on Anthem, and you're listening to the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your host is Steven, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us <laughs> and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins, and let's drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to episode 48 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest-running Anthem podcast on the internet. I am your host, Steve, along with my co-hosts and a special guest. We're here with Devin, Mike, JD, and Ben Irving from the Anthem team, the lead producer on Anthem. How are you guys all doing today? Doing well. Doing good. How about you? Very cool. Ben, we are excited to have you on. And as we start every uh, podcast, we always like to get to know everyone a little bit better. And this this week, we want to know if you guys had a superhero power set that, that you really like or that you want, what would it be? And we'll start with Mike, because Mike always has the greatest of answers. <laughs> I have the best of answers. And I'm going with Spider-Man. I'll take the Spider-Man set of powers. Um, kind of an awkward kid, because I'm kind of awkward. That is very true. And being able to jump and flip and shoot web shooters and and all that kind of stuff. That's what I'm going to go with. All right, JD, I know you've got one you've been thinking of for like the last week. (laughs) Uh, No, I was just going to go with Anti-Venom. I don't even know who that is, and I follow (laughs) comics, I guess. Isn't it just Uh, a little bottle of like, if you get stung by a bee or something, they give you Anti-Venom? Oh I no, guess. no no no! It, it's it, it, it's it, it's basically just like the Venom symbiote, but the opposite. It doesn't have like a personality to it. Same powers. All right, no personality, JD. That's you're no going with the no personality. Is that just what? Just a, a blob of glue of goo. Is that what it is? What are we what are we talking about here? All right, Devin. Uh, I'll send you pictures later. Devin, hit us up. What do you got? Uh, I chose Wolverine, right? So uh, I can heal and. Uh, shoot claws you know have claws out of my hands and uh, live forever so okay if i wanted to of course who wants to ben, live no singing forever? ben do you have a superpower right, that so you would, this that is you so awkward because i was gonna pick wolverine um <laughs> and so the reason was because of the regeneration and obviously the live forever part and it's super hard to die i don't know if you get the wolverine uh, power set if you get the adamantium or not i suppose you would um but the kicker is obviously in the movies he's played by hugh jackman who is an aussie uh yep. my uncle obviously because we're all related uh so that was going to be my <laughs> kicker to it oh you know i had always i had always figured i think as long as you if you get the facial hair that's a good one to go with so <laughs> all right, right. very cool nice. guys so first of all a couple of, a little bit of housekeeping that we have here um you can you can support us on our Patreon. You can get our Sentinel designation in the Discord if you want to do that. The show will always be free, but you can support us there. And a couple of things that we've learned out learned about over the uh, the months of anthems that yes, you can turn off the the damage numbers. Ben, are you team floaties or team non or team non floaties? <laughs> it sounds like a trap. Um, <laughs> That's a trap. I, I, I'm Team Floaties. Um, I yeah. like the combo text. I think there's a lot of things we could do to make it better. But in general, I like seeing damage numbers, especially in a game where uh, progression and power matters. I like seeing that progression in numbers as as part of it. I agree. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm just going to say I agree because you know you're the dev on our podcast, so. I wouldn't tell <laughs> you no. Honestly, if though, I, I get. I get the other side. The other side makes perfect sense, right? Like I like a clean interface and when i do damage i will see health bars reduce and that's how i know i'm doing stuff like so i get both sides of the argument but uh for me i i do like them uh, very cool and we do but, know hey, that's why we added options so you can do what you want i think it's better yeah. to have the option than not have it for sure and then there are no romances and we have an update that the playstation release date has been updated so i think that's um <laughs> updated everywhere on amazon on the playstation store everywhere you can find it, i think that's updated so I think that is it, unless you guys had something. I didn't something... know that. That's good. Thank you oh. for the update. 
No problem. You can take that to your team. Say, hey, Steve says it's all good to go. So <laughs> I will do just that. So you can take that to the bank. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. All right. So one thing we're glad to have been on because there's a lot of things that we want to ask, a lot of questions that we have about things we have seen, things that we haven't seen. But first, Ben, if you don't mind, can you kind of give us a history of how you got into the industry and ended up uh, where you are on the Anthem team now? Yeah, for sure. So I, uh, I'm from Australia originally. I grew up in Sydney. And um, I always wanted to make video games. Um, that was kind of my childhood passion. I was always a bit of a secret nerd. You know, I, I played lots of sports and stuff. Back then I played things like Baldur's Gate 2 and Final Fantasy 7. They were kind of my favorite games of, of that era. Um, and so I love technology, and and there wasn't much of a market for for gaming in Australia. Uh, even now, there's an indie scene, but not much for AAA stuff. And I really want to make big games, and so I had like a first kind of career doing software. Uh, I did a lot of project management stuff for big client server architecture type things. And um, I was I don't want to give my age away, I suppose. I was at an age, and I was like, it feels like now or never, you know? Like, either I want to really do this video game thing. I thought I'd grow out of it at, like, 25, and, and I didn't. Um, and it was, it was a few years later, and uh, I was like, I'm going to quit my job and move, sell all my possessions and just move to Austin, Texas. Um, there's a company there called Bioware, and they're making this game called Star Wars Old Republic. And I'm going to go there on a 90-day visa, and I'm going to get a job. And so... Oh, wow. I quit my job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in hindsight, don't really recommend, but uh, <laughs> it worked out. Um, That's all chips on was, the table. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, and I was dating a girl at the time who's now my wife, um, but at the time we were dating. And oh, she oh. grew up in Texas and went to UT. And so part of the shift wasn't so crazy, but like I was the one pushing it all, right? Um, and so we moved here and uh, I timed it with GDC Online, which was an event that they used to have here. And I was like, I'll just go and meet the recruiters and I will get a job, it'll be great. And <laughs> it was like a year before um, Star Wars Order Public launched. So, so I think it, it was like October 2010, I, I think it was. Uh, and so I met some recruiters and I was like, look, I have like seven years experience building software as a project manager or whatever. Um, like, oh, great. We have some project manager jobs. And I was like, awesome. I said, you sound, you sound great. I said, well, this is great. And so I sent my resume in and they're like, hey, let's do an interview. And like, hey, we just want to check that you have a green card. And I was like, I do not have a green card. And so that all fell apart very quickly. Oh. Um, oh. And so the rest of the story is very long, but... Um, I just always found ways to meet people who were working at Bioware, like a Wednesday night having a beer in a pub, and I would say I like video games, and I would meet four designers at Bioware, and we would hang out and oh. chat about video games, and they would go into HR the next day and go, why aren't you hiring Ben? Like, he's a fun guy or whatever. <laughs> um, and then I would, like, they would update the UI of the HR page, and I would be like, I love the new page, looks great. Um, and do stuff like that, and I'll just find ways. Anyway, so it, this is a very long story, so I'll, I'll cut parts of it out. But uh, at the end, I took a different job here and just waited for, for, for a job to open where they would sponsor me. Um, and kind of six months later, I took like a super junior project management role um, on Souls of the Republic. It was like a 50% pay cut and like kind of put me back two years in my career or whatever. Um, but it was what I was passionate about, and I was doing like pretty shit kicker work at the time. Uh, but I was living the dream, like this is the greatest thing. Like all I wanted to do is make video games, and I'm making video games. And, and I wasn't contributing much to the games then. I was doing lots of super important work. Just it, it wasn't really making the games. Um, and uh, yeah, that was like seven years ago. And then um, kind of over that time, I think I've been fortunate to have. Lots of opportunities um, to to do different stuff and and kind of take on more senior roles. And I worked on Star Wars World Republic for six years or so, um, and loved all that experience. And then moved over to Anthem uh, a year and a half ago, something like that. Um, but yeah, that kind of the the point of my story when people ask me is like I think that if it's like the most important thing that you want to do. 
like the passionate people find the way in and for me that was it i had relevant experience not really the right stuff um but i was just passionate enough that i was like willing to to do anything and and my theory was that if i spent all my money and went back to australia i would at least have no regrets i'd be 70 years old i'd say i didn't make video games but i tried my best that time and so no regrets and fortunately as as many things happen if you're passionate enough um you know i was lucky to get opportunities and and uh, to work here and and it's been really fun well, very cool. So, would you say that's for, awesome, man? To give advice to people that are coming into into the industry, is it really about that networking? Is it about just you know doing everything you can to be seen for someone that wants to come up into the industry? Yeah, I think so. and it's tricky, right? Like I was a whatever thirty year old, um, seven years of experience in a certain thing that was related, and so that kind of person is different to the I'm coming out of high school. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Also, in in my time, like like I, there weren't video game degrees to do. Um, like they, they kind of came out around the time I wanted to get in, and I'm like, well, I've already got all this experience. So I think there are different parts. So I, I think like if you're a like I work in production, so um, the combination of project management and and producers, and so. For those people, like, I think there's real value in, like, getting really good experience in other places and transfer skills over and and be passionate about it. But if you want to be, like, an artist or a designer or an engineer, like, it really behooves you to just, you know, do courses that are specifically on that or to build little indie games. They don't have to be fancy. Um, I think think if you're passionate, that's what you do, and that's how you prove your passion. You know, I I showed my passion a different way. Um, I do. I don't have any real meaningful skills because I can't do things. Um, but <laughs> uh, you know, I showed my passion a different way, and I, and I think I think that's the important thing. I think when you're hiring anyone, like I'll take the less experienced junior person who's full of passion because they're going to become experienced and become mm-hmm. great, and the person who's like, I'm just good at this skill, and that skill's used for video games, but I don't really like that. Like, like, uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I think passion's important. Well, very cool. I think that's that's good advice for anyone that's trying to get into the industry. So let's break down into Real Anthem Talk. Ben, we we ask the really hard-hitting questions here at the uh, Freelancer Codex podcast. So one one thing that that we noticed is we – because you're over combat, um, creatures, javelins, and progression. Is that correct? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so one thing, we had a couple of combat questions. We noticed um, in the old 2017 um, video that they released at the release trailer um, at E3, you know, one of the things that a couple of the players said when they when they went up against this giant bear creature, we don't we don't know the name of the giant bear creature. We just call it the bear creature that we see there. Can you give us names of these creatures, or can we just make up whatever <laughs> names that we <laughs> naming pass right now? I, we, we've called it the space bear for year and, a year and a half, and that's not its name. But it's super hard to like now use the new name. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we'll call That's it the space bear. So when the, when they space go up against the space bear, the players say that they don't have enough supplies to attack the creature. Was that a was that a mechanic that you guys had early on that supplies would be limited in Anthem? Because obviously that yeah, changed. Yeah, because I think they now. say uh, we don't we don't want to use our supplies. I think was the line. Yeah. But yeah, um, so resource management is a thing that we've you know messed around with a whole bunch, um, and so. Uh, one of the things we had experimented with for some point was you have a fixed set of supplies, whatever supplies means, right? Because that Mm -hmm. changes, but ammo is an example. And then you have resupply points and like part of the game is working out like what things you want to do. And so, but as you would have noticed in the the recent gameplay trailer, we now have health and ammo drops. And so we've Mm -hmm. moved away from that construct a bit um, to be more one that is if you're fighting and pushing forward, you're rewarded by getting more resources. Um, and one of the ideas there is it supports this notion of uh, superheroic combat, that you're always pushing forward, you're always jumping into danger, uh, and the reward is that if you take damage, you can get the health pickups and, and get back to full health. Um, and if you're using ammo, but you're pushing forward, you're picking up ammo drops. And so that's that's where we're at in it right now. Awesome. Cool. Very cool. Mike, you've got our next question here. I do. So, so given that combat can be more vertical, do you have or can you give any specific examples of how that comes into play? Um, what does the verticality add to add to combat where we're usually used to combat on a flat plane? 
Yeah, I mean, outside of the inherent awesomeness of uh, of flying and hovering, <laughs> um, like so, some of the some some creatures we're building will have weak points um, that will be above, and so they may. I don't want to get into some specific. They may do certain activities, and then a weak point becomes available. And if you're hovering above, um, you can uh, hit the weak point. I don't know. My computer's just crashing, but everything went black. Do you we guys? Can, oh, we can still yeah, see we, you, we and can we can still, still hear, you. hear you. Do you see me or no? Yeah, we yep. do see. Okay, you. I don't see any of you guys, but uh, that's fine. I guess I'll talk into a black it's, screen first. It's probably better hour. for you. That way. It is probably <laughs> better that you don't see us. That's that's. Uh, my laptop has not had a good day. Uh, so there are some things like that. Um, you know, there are other, like some creature behaviors will be different against targets that are hovering versus on the ground. Um, they'll have some incentives to, to knock you out of the sky, for example. Um, but yeah, that, that's some of the, the core stuff to it. Um, one of the, the core beliefs, it ties back to the superheroic combat and traversal being a big part of feeling superheroic. And so, you know, the fact that you can run, sprint, jump, double jump, fly, hover, just kind of adds to that fantasy that, that you can do things that regular people can't, and it sells that power fantasy of, of being in one of the powerful javelins. Cool. Excellent. That makes sense. Makes <clears throat> sense. I told yeah. you, Devin. Yeah, I'm gonna you. push. I'm gonna push one button, and everything may shut down. So if it, if it does, I'll be, I'll be right back. We understand. I don't know if you can pause or whatever. I'm, I'm super sorry. Go ahead. No problem. My computer just lit on fire. Oh man, mine's <laughs> melting. Oh man, my computer's just fine. We apologize for those listening. We uh, experiencing. <laughs> oh, we can we just can, edit this out. We have the power out. of edit. It's, it's true. Right. We do have the power. We can edit this out. I edit ninety percent of things JD says. So. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys still hear me now? Yeah. Yep. We do hear you uh, now. Okay, I'm back. It, whatever. Windows locked itself. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna move my mouse every 14 seconds and just make sure. And anyway, the, sorry about that. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what part of verticality is specifically for combat. Like there are heaps of other uses to verticality with how the world is built and discovering things and and all that kind of stuff. But specifically in combat i think you'll find some uses to it and it gives you tactical advantage you know you can hover around a rock face and use a use a gear piece or an ability uh on creatures and stuff like that so did you say a gear, oh, gear piece okay sorry <laughs> yeah so i mean you get your abilities from gear pieces if people don't know that that's why i say like gear abilities as interchangeable words because mm -hmm. it can be confusing if you didn't know that you get your abilities by the Gear you equip, which you guys you know, but your listeners may not know. Yeah, right. Okay. Cool. Uh, well, the next thing we're going to talk about here, uh, obviously we've seen the Colossus Ultimate quite a bit, right? Um, uh, we haven't really, I mean, we saw what, you know, the Rangers Ultimate maybe last year, but has uh, we don't know if that's changed, or can you tell us anything about the other Ultimates? Or is it? It's all similar, right, where they all fill up over time with the same meter? Is it pretty similar? Yeah, so um, mechanically, you will. There's, everyone has an ultimate meter, and you do things to uh, fill the meter up. Mm -hmm. uh, we're kind of working on what those things are, but like damage is an example that would, that would fill it up. Uh, but we'd like to do a few more things there as well. Uh, and so you, the ranger you see in the gameplay video this year, the mm -hmm. ranger uses ultimate while flying into the Titan the mm -hmm. volley of missiles, yep. uh, which is the same thing you saw the year before. Um, okay. Conceptually, it's a little bit different, but you know, it, it's basically you uh, push your button, and then you can target lock a bunch of things, and then fire uh, a volley of missiles at them. Uh, so we call them micro-missiles. Um, so that's that. You've seen that. The other two, I don't want to talk about specifically what the ultimates are, uh, but conceptually they'll be like modal things like both of the ultimates you've seen right now are modal and that you activate a mode and then you become awesome in some way and then you do awesome <laughs> things and so the colossus you activate the mode and he pulls out the cannon and the shield and then you get your shots off that do like mini nuke explosions um the ranger's mode is i go into a target painting mode where i can paint targets and shoot missiles and then the other two will have similar things in that it's a mode and then you do some cool stuff uh, but we're not talking about all the specifics yet uh but soon you will 
You will see them. Can, can we assume and maybe... Soon. He said soon. He said that's soon. A, that's soon. a soon TM. Yeah, that's soon. a TM. Who knows when that is. Can we, can we assume, though, Ben, with those with the ultimates, will those status effects be able to change on an ultimate? Could you have, like, your Colossus with this gear piece will have a fire ultimate damage status, or you can change it to be, you know, an ice damage status with different weapons, so, gears, or gears? We're not doing that um, right now uh, for the ultimates. Um Status effects are, are, are an interesting topic because we really like the idea that some of the different exos have strengths in particular status effects, and then those status effects are stronger or weaker against different enemy types. Um, and so we don't want everyone to have all of them all the time, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And so that'll be part of the meta that we kind of have to work out and, and how does that balance across things so that you want different exos but at the same time it's not a hard requirement so that you can just play with your friends in any way that you want right. uh, so for the ultimate specifically like like we'll give them certain elemental damage uh, as we think fits in with their like uh exo archetype um at least to start with and then when the game goes live we'll have to see you know i think i think we'd like to do variants and stuff like that with the ultimates but we'll just have to see how that plays out Okay, and it, is that idea kind of geared toward, you know, you have these four suits, you don't want me who's like, nope, I'm only going to play the Storm, that's all I'm going to play, because then, you know, I'm kind of tied down to whether that's Lightning or, or Frost, because then if I have to go play the Interceptor to get this other status effect, which is stronger against this enemy, it kind of forces me to branch out so I can actually play those different styles. Is that kind of the thought behind it, that? It's tricky, like... Would we love you to play all four Exos? Yes, because you'll probably play the game a lot longer, and it's great when people play the game a lot longer. If you just want to play the Storm, though, like we want you to be able to just play the Storm, um, you know. And the thing there is, it's like if you're fighting creature X who has a high frost resistance, and you decide you want to play a frost build, like that's fine. It just might take you a bit longer than if you if you turned up with fire or whatever. Um, and so again, it's not like it's not like the storm only gets frost and lightning. That's certainly what we showed. It's just that we don't necessarily want all of the javelins to always be able to do all of the, the status types. And I think a lot of that is going to come out in the in the detail as we get further on of like, because we'll, we'll, we'll tweak a lot of that stuff as well to see what makes sense. Um, but that's what we're trying to, to work out now is can that be a cool system that works that's not restrictive to I just want to play the storm, oh I can't well that sucks um, but is also encouraging to like <clears throat> I want to have lots of different builds for kind of different situations and I know I'm doing these things so the most efficient way to do activity X is to, to swap out to these gear pieces and this build um, and we would like that to be part of the conversation um so yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how it, how it plays out. Very cool. Sounds like there's a lot of variety. JD, I think you have our next question here. Well, yeah. So uh, in the 2017 demo, we saw well the space bear uh, <laughs> fighting a giant wolf creature, which I assume you guys are calling a space wolf. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think that's wolven, a movie. I believe we're going with wolven. 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 It's a hard word to say. Wolfen, I think my accent. <laughs> I. So we we saw a space bear uh, fighting the yeah. wolfen wolfen uh, in 2017, uh, and then in the 2018 demo uh, we saw the scar fighting off some wyverns. Um, was this a scripted moment, or will um, these kind of things happen naturally in the game, just going through? Yeah, so some creatures will have a natural opposition to others, and so we really like the idea that you can come across a bunch of scars who are fighting some wildlife kind of like you saw i guess it was the turrets in this year's video not the specific scars or whatever um you know fighting with with wildlife um part of how the world works is when you're exploring um different types of things can spawn in the same spot that's part of you know the notion that when you go out and explore the world you can have a different experience and so we like the idea that if a random set of things happen close enough together for people who don't like each other, that you can stumble across like a firefight of two groups that you don't like either of them. It's kind of uh, like this podcast. Like each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
the, the, the extent <laughs> to how much that happens, you know, we'll have to see. But that's certainly an idea that we like and and we're, we're um, trying to see how it feels in practice. So oh, that's super cool. That's super cool. That it's just a natural like. Here's these two groups who could be fighting one day, and then you go through the same area, and they're not fighting. That's cool. I like. All right, it. Like if if some wolves spawn and some scars spawn, you know, that they might you know start attacking each other, for example. No, that's awesome. That makes total sense because they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like that. That's pretty wicked. So then what are... So when you're fighting the creatures, do the creatures, are they able to drop gear pieces also? Are they dropping resources for us to pick up? Or is fighting the creatures of the world even a priority for a freelancer? Yeah, it, it's like um, all of the uh, creatures or monsters or mobs, whatever, uh, that you fight have a can. Um, so it is in your interest to kill lots of things, and they'll drop loot. They'll drop. They can drop ammo pickups or health pickups. Um, but I think the the primary driver is around the loot, right? And then so you yep. pick up uh, these undefined things that uh, when you then end your current expedition and go back to your <clears throat> home base, whether that's the fort or the strider, uh, you then identify the gear you picked up to find out the specifics of what it is. Awesome! Very cool. So, so when you and your team um, created the creatures, um, what what is the process? What are the specific requirements that you guys had for yourselves to say we're going to put this creature in game, but it has to have these kind of things to make it you know viable and good? Because you probably just didn't want you know rabbits running around. So, what was your hey, what was your criteria? Those rabbits, those rabbits, <laughs> rabbits. Awesome. they were they were cool. Uh, they were totally cool. <laughs> yeah, no, we spent a lot of time on it. Um, and so there's a lot of things that go into it. I think, first of all, there's the IP lore and story notion, right? Like, who are we fighting? And what are the motivations? And why do we care? And so let's say we take the, the scars, for example, um, because we've shown them a decent amount. So the scar palette, so a, a lot of the times for, for more important things, it's a palette. So the palette might be made of... I'm, I'm going to make numbers up, so just for the sake of the... No, we're holding um, you to these numbers. I'm going to write <laughs> them not down right now. Confirm. Here we go. Write them down. Write them yeah, down. I'll, I'll list them specifically in order for you. Uh, <laughs> so there's, let's say there's seven scars in, in the palette. And it's like, okay, well, what's their identity? Okay, well, scars are these relentless invaders, and they're always causing trouble for the freelancers. Okay, cool. Like, that's their motivation. You know, there's a mystery about why are they on, on the planet that you're on. Um, but, you know... Their thing is they're kind of like the um, junkyard cockroaches. So they scavenge, they hunt, they find spare parts, materials, and you see their armor is kind of these, you know, hodgepodge put together, uh, things like that, uh, which also then impacts their weaponry and their style of weapons. Like it has to feel like that fits with with a group of scavengers that, that are out just getting whatever they can and, and turning it into something that they can use to their benefit. So that kind of explains some of their origin and some of their motivation. Then you're like, all right, well, so we know we need to build scars. We agree to make a pallet of seven for, for a bunch of reasons. So then what are the seven? You know, they all have to have different roles. So, you know, we have things like, you know, area denial characters. Like we need a scar who stops you from hiding behind cover. Well, how would that work? And then we talk about that because we, one of our core things is we want you <clears throat> moving a lot and again always pushing forward using your your gear and abilities um and being super heroic and being super heroic doesn't really mean hiding behind cover so you know we need like a flusher who can flush you out of cover okay so then we'll have some designs around that and, and our designers work a lot of that stuff out with with a team of lots of people designers mm-hmm. animators artists vfx people quality assurance people engineers um and and production so it's a v- team team-wide effort driven by design mainly for these specifics um, okay, cool. Then we might want like a suppressive fire person. Okay, what kind of suppression? We want spike suppression or consistent suppression? Okay, like a sniper is like spike suppression. Like if you stand still in the open, when the beam hits you, you take a big amount of damage. Okay, that's different than the... Oh, what did we... What's the new name of it? The... Flyer? But what's his... The thing, whatever. There's a guy that flies. It's the elite. We, call, yeah, we saw him in the trailer, right? The elite that got down for a year and a half. I'm like, what do you want from? Uh, okay. uh, so then there's a flyer who's like more consistent um, uh, suppression. So he'll fire a consistent volley that if you ignore it, um, is problematic. 
Uh, and so then th there's a lot of nuance to what are all the different categories and, and how do they fit together. Uh, but the idea is to create a balanced palette uh, with all these different options so that when the level designers are putting together an encounter, um, depending what their goal is of the encounter, they can use different combinations, right? They might say, hey, we want to put 10 snipers up here because part of the thing is a puzzle where if you don't dodge all the things, you get one shot and you die. Okay, cool, whatever. whatever. Um, you know, and then they can just make different combinations of that. You know, we want to have 10 of the footmen, which are the basic guys, because we just want you to feel awesome in this moment uh, by defeating lots of enemies in a, in a short window of time and they're the least powerful. Um, so we have all these roles and then we have tiers, like, you know, the bottom tier is like the footman and then we haven't shown all of them, so I won't go through it, but then we'll have like a top tier that is more of like an encounter in that you'll probably clear out the rest of the scars and then take on this last one as a group. <clears throat> you know, like the footman you can take on by yourself, but the last one's going to require all four of you or however many you have in your group to, mm -hmm. um, to try to take on. And so kind of all of those factors go into um, the creature design. And then obviously there is additional tricks like, well, okay, but then we also have four javelins. And then how do each of those exosuits uh, approach this creature palette? And if there are things you have to dodge, well, not everyone has a dodge. The Colossus has a shield. The Ranger has a dodge. So, so how do the evasive maneuvers work? And will it all make sense? And so then there's kind of iteration... Uh, on the tail end of, of all of these things when it comes together to be like some things just won't work because we didn't know until we play it um, but that's kind of the the philosophy for for how a bunch of that stuff uh, was done for us anyway other people might do it differently that's how we do it so it's easy is what you're saying <laughs> well, the is thing that... is like we have really smart people that do it so like like it's it's not easy but, um, you know, we've got a lot of people who do this stuff who have a lot of experience doing this stuff. And so right. um, they can make it look easy, but it, it certainly uh, is a lot of work, especially when you're like, we want the creature to do this thing. We have to make five animations for that. And then we need all the hit reactions. And then what VFX are we going to use to show off the tell for the thing so that you know to dodge? And, and so it is, it is complicated, uh, especially yeah. getting the first few set up. Once we're kind of running and we've built a bunch of the technology for the systems, it, it gets a bit easier over time because everyone gets used to how it works. Um, but certainly the, the first few are hard and, and we're lucky that we have lots of very smart people who, who, who do lots of those things. So yeah. it sounds uh, it sounds like it, it can also be involved. It sounds like it can be frustrating <laughs> when you set up this huge encounter, you got all these guys, like we got suppression here, this person here, this mechanic here, and then us players find a way to just skip the whole thing by dropping through the floor. Oh yeah, like if you don't play it the way that we want you to, you're out. It's like, no, insta-kill. No, but, uh, insta -kill. That, that's part of the challenge, right? I think it would, oh my God, I didn't move my mouse. I'm gonna get locked again. Um, that's part of the challenge is that we don't know how you'll play the game. And so, you know, at some point we'll be doing some internal testing and, and we do a bunch of it now with certain groups. Uh, and then people play the game not how you expect, and you're like, "Oh, I see, that's interesting." You know, and even when the game goes live, when we have, you know, all these players playing the game, uh, people will play it in ways that we didn't expect. And mm -hmm. I think that's also the upside of of a live service game is we have the opportunity to say, "Oh, that's cool. Let's like do more of that because the way they're playing, it's not what we thought, but it's it's better." Mm -hmm. or like oh that's a bit degenerative like like if you can play the game in because people will play the game in the most efficient way that's possible like that's just how it works right and so the most efficient way is a boring way like that's just bad for the game because then you'll get bored and quit and so then we would look at that kind of stuff and say well you know it, it's not that you guys played it wrong it's just that we didn't we didn't do a good enough job and so we'll have to to fix that and and change how certain things work so that you're playing the game in a way that's fun that makes you want to keep playing it so that we can't push the guy off the platform that he's standing on <laughs> like but your that... friend oh, like <laughs> yeah. no that will f please don't take like... that out of the game i mean if that's in the game please leave that in but um as we right. one thing i would like to know more about the javelin since you're part of the javelin team and i from my perspective, the javelins are the coolest part that I've seen about Anthem so far. Being able to suit up, power armor, hopefully stuff that is just going to make us look, you know, super bad A that, you know what, no matter what, 
my guy looks awesome. I don't care if my KD is really low or I'm scoring the lowest. I look pretty awesome. So we know that the Javelins are handcrafted. There's no mass production in Anthem. We've seen a bunch of the Sentinels. I believe they're called the Sentinels, the Blue Ranger Javelins in Fort Tarsus. Are those all made by a group? Are those, I mean, because those Javelins look similar to each other. Does, oh, sorry, that's my computer shutting down also. So does the fort have a group of people that kind of, you know, these are all the javelins the fort has, or can they make more javelins for the fort as those javelins go out and never come back? Yeah, so like like the the idea is that the javelins are, are handcrafted, right? And so the generations before you have made all these uh, javelins and and you have to do the upkeep like you have to make sure you take care of them it's it's the only line of defense you have against this very dangerous world for the things that, that lie you know, beyond the safety of of the fort um the lore and story specifically i'm not like an expert on that stuff and so i don't want to give a bad answer around like well, who technically can make them and not make them? I'm actually not sure on on that story stuff. Um, maybe someone will watch this from the team and <clears throat> and let you know. Uh, nice. <clears throat> um, but certainly, the idea is it's it's more that like um, the philosophy and feeling of like you can't just go and lose one of these things and like buy a new car and just like crash it and buy a new car. Like that's not how this works. Like the people that have them uh, are the rare few that have them. Um, and and there's this kind of like um, magic to not literal magic, but magic in this in the emotion of of that you know it might have been you know three generations before you that became the owner of this thing, and you spent this energy um, with all the upkeep, and then you've joined this group of people to do this noble cause or, or whatever it is that, that you're after. And so that's more the spirit of it, I think. But again, uh, the story and law stuff is not what I work on, and, and I don't happen to know that uh, answer in my head. Sorry, my computer is really going to die on me here. All right, Devin, go. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> it's like, do not start a re do not update Windows. Please don't. <laughs> don't worry, I'm recording. We we'll go on. Go ahead, Devin. Uh, all right, so I'll skip ahead here since you, you, we have another kind of lore question, but we'll skip past that one. Um, it says here, when you started working on the javelins, was there a crazy idea that just wouldn't work? And, uh, <laughs> can you tell us about it? Sure was. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's like like the reality, especially early on, um, I think you're trying to work out, like, it's like the, with the creatures, you know, what is this game? You know, I, I think <clears throat> you, you got to layer in the complexity of a new IP as well. So, um, a lot of the the team that works on this um, from uh, who's, we have Austin and, and uh, Edmonton. So, a lot of the team in Edmonton worked on the Mass Effect trilogy, or one, two, and three. And so, you know, when they're building Mass Two or Mass Three, like like there's some things, like some boundaries of of how stuff should work and and how things should play out that makes decisions on all this stuff easier. On any on any sequel, same with film, um, and so with a new game, like you don't have some of those boundaries and constraints because you're kind of inventing. So certainly early on, there was lots of stuff we tried, um, and I don't really get into specifics because maybe maybe you guys will like the things we decide not to do. Um, <laughs> Why isn't this in the game? <laughs> so there there are certain things we tried, and sometimes it was like this doesn't really fit with the goal. Like like when we talk about combat. You know, or the, or the uh, javelin specifically. You know, I said super heroic combat a lot. Like that's a thing we, we say a lot. But what does that mean? You know, always moving forward, never retreating. <clears throat> conceptually, using more gear and weapons, like like high mobility, high traversal. And so sometimes we'd make an a, a say a gear piece where you stand still to use it, and it's like, well, it's kind of against our core goals, and so it just doesn't work because philosophically doesn't work. Um, and then other times we've made stuff that seems super cool, but like the technology to build it was then prohibitive. Like, oh, like we can't do this with the engine without like some ludicrous amount of work. And if we did that work, like we could make five other things instead of this one, like that doesn't seem worth it. Like we should build five because, you know. Um, so certainly there was lots of things like that. Um, <clears throat> in both those categories uh, early on. And then I think as we got a bit more into the groove of you know, better understanding of what is the game, what is IP, what makes sense in this world, <clears throat> um, but also then like what what uh, does the technology support and what makes 
what what feels fun and all that kind of stuff we've we've got to a good point so now as we're building lots of stuff still we have less churn on that it's normally like this is a good idea we know we can do it we know it fits with the ip let's just do it and it's faster whereas early on there was lots more nope chuck it out it's just never going to work just chuck it out and start again uh pick something different uh and i think that's pretty common in lots of game development early on you have that churn and then as you get into like more like the full production phase mm -hmm. uh there are less unknowns and so um, you understand your boundaries better and then can just kind of uh, make sure you come up with ideas that that, <clears throat> that are achievable by all the different groups that have to help you execute. Very cool. That makes sense. JD? Yeah. Uh, so in the Ask Me Anything about Anthem uh, that Mark Dare did, he talked about the bit packs that make up the look of the other Colossus uh, shown in the uh, 2018 demo. Um, specifically the one with the red and white, the, the sweet red racing stripe, as you call it. Um, Can I ask you a question? So my, my friends made fun of me comment quite a lot. Um, <laughs> did you guys did you guys hear it as like, Ben thinks it's a really cool speed stripe? Or did you hear it as like, Ben's making fun of the guy for the speed stripe? Like, what does it sound like? <laughs> I thought it was the latter. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to make fun of Scylla because he's like a friend. Yeah. You're like, oh, sweet red speed stripe. And then my buddies are like, no, it sounds like you think the speed stripe was sweet. Ah. And I'm like, oh, I, I thought you embarrassing, I guess. Speed that's stripe that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I think I have a problem with sarcasm. Sometimes it doesn't work very well. <laughs> you will, you anyway, fit sorry. in perfect here. To, oh, man. Uh, I didn't mean to derail your question. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was that was a worthy detour, man. Uh, so yeah, he talked about the bit packs uh, that made up the look of the other Colossus, and we were just wondering if you could tell us a bit more about those, um, like maybe how many of those uh, make up a javelin, or if they have any effects or anything like that. Yeah, so s some of it I, I, I won't talk about. Like a lot of uh, progression and personalization tie together. Um, and we really want to talk about it as one unit only because one piece at a time doesn't often make sense. Only if you understand all of it, you're like, oh, I get how it ties together. Otherwise, something standalone will be like, well, why would you do that? Like, that doesn't, I don't know if that makes sense. So here are the parts I'll say, and, and I'm not really going to answer your question, so, so sorry. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but the, the bit packs, the goal of the bit packs is to give you a different silhouette. Like, that's part of it, right? So mm -hmm. uh, the two Colossuses, Colossus, whatever. Um, See, he did it too. He did, he it, did too. it too. We, we, don't, we don't know uh, what, how to refer it's, to multiple yeah, Colossus. It's probably both. There can only be one, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it meant to have, like, a different... Uh, kind of silhouette and so that's different than how you then choose to add layers of color or materials or whatever uh, it's more about the silhouette and so it is purely uh cosmetic so there are no abilities or powers tied to that that's that's you expressing your own personal style um i don't want to get into the number of pieces because there's a couple things in flux there but they'll be they'll be in pieces it's not like you put the one jumpsuit on you'll have X, let's just pretend it's five for now, things so that you could mix and match from a bunch of different um, uh, bit packs if you wanted to. Um, and then, you know, there's a whole different discussion of, well, how do you get these bit packs? Like that, that's probably a, a conversation for later. But the idea is that they're, they're pieces that make up a set um, as you think of it in lots of other games. Um, and then you can mix and match them is, is where we're at right now. Very cool. Nice. All right. Mike has That's a request. Cool. So so early on in our show, this was like episode maybe two or three. They weren't very we were doing good. A whole, we were doing a whole lot of speculating. <laughs> we were like, well, what's it going to be? How's this going to work? And, yeah. and in every game that I played, when you first start out as a player and you're going through the tutorial, you know, when you're learning how to use your javelin, learning how to use, you know, whatever weapons you are when you get into the new world, you're always started out with this really low power like like kind of piece together gun you know in in one of the games right. that we played, like if was... you start a game and you have to kill 600 sewer rats in order to get your stuff <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly so you start out with something small so i speculated that that our first javelin was going to be made out of wood because that's just kind of <laughs> how it works out right you're you're given this little piece of thing so my question is is there a wood skin that that will be in the uh, final game at launch 
Um, I don't know how you think you're fighting anything. That's <laughs> probably the first thing we should. Toothpicks. Give you mad splinters, bro. He, he, here's how this plays out. I say, no, there isn't a wood thing. February 25th, someone comes up with some personalization that looks just like a wood thing, and everyone goes, oh my god, Ben is good job. And I go, why do I do this to myself? Uh, that's, that's how this whole thing plays out. Um, uh, no, like, like not, 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 not specifically wood. Oh, man. Best. Man. I lost Not yet, anyway. Not that we... Uh, not, not that I... Yeah, I don't think we have that. There's, there's I, don't, a... I don't actually know like what every single bit pack is. I'm just kind of going out on a limb and saying we didn't make a wood one. We didn't make a wood. There's 198 <laughs> days till launch, Mike. So there's time. I'm just saying, there's time. On a limb. There's time. On a limb. I see what you did there, JD. Oh, hey. I don't want to go out on my olive branch. Oh. Yeah, there he goes. There he goes. I've got weird wood jokes. We won't go there. De- Devin, go ahead. You're next. Oh. Uh, all right, Stephen wants to know if you can recite the EA Play presentation right now. <laughs> Is it still ingrained uh, in your head? Shit. Do you <laughs> want? Did, did you guys go to EA Play? Yeah. Some of you yeah. did, right? Yeah. 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 So, do you want the EA Play version or the video? So uh, let's, let's go. I don't know. Let's what? see which one I remember. I'll start. I think it goes something like this: it goes, um, "Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anthem." I'm Ben Irving, one of the lead producers for the game, and on behalf of everyone here at Bioware, we are excited to share this live gameplay experience with all of you. Standing right next to me are four amazing developers, controllers in hand, ready to take you on an adventure through the mysterious world of Anthem. That's, uh, that's like I was watching the video. No, that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the video version. Because the crowd version was like, who's excited to see some Anthem? Woo! That's <laughs> different. But the words are similar. Um, so do you? And, wa- I mean, I, I could keep going. I think. So but, well, actually, actually, if, if I could, scene, if you want, we could try that. I don't know. Well, no, if I could, I'd like to ask a question on this. Being there at EA Play and and reciting that and being in with so many groups throughout the the three days that you were there, what were some of the best reactions that you witnessed as a as a lead producer on a game? What were some of the like the the I don't. For lack of better phrasing, the warm fuzzy reactions that that people gave that you were like, yeah, we're doing something pretty cool here. Yeah, you know, there was a couple of obvious things and then a couple of surprising things. So, you know, so for context, for people who didn't go, we did three days at EA Play. Two of us, uh, Corey Butler, um, is is uh, a colleague here, and we wrote the script together, and and a giant team of people helped and and helped. Um, obviously make make the actual demo the hard part not the talking part and so we would do two hour shifts for three days eight hours a day or whatever so we did lots of it um see i lost my voice at the end which was unfortunate and i was bleeding out of my ear so that was that um so we uh oh yeah so there's a couple things like i think first of all you know you always get nervous the first couple times of like if we say hey who's excited to see anthem like what if no one cheers and like that, that sucks. So the first thing was like we would do that, and people would cheer, and we're like, okay, this is good. This makes sense. Um, so that was nice. Um, we 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 made some stuff up as we would do it. So you guys probably saw the like, hey, you have a choice here. Either we can blow up the thing, or we can sneak around or blow it up. And so like I made that up one time, and people laughed and cheered, and we were like, oh, that's really cool. We should do that. You know, and then later Corey made up the um, I don't know if it was in your one, but when you go to the Titan and it's like fight or flight, fight or flight, like do you want to fight or flight? And then like everyone would say fight, and we yeah. pretend like we heard flight, and then we would <laughs> dodge it because we were never gonna fight it, right? Yeah. And so he made that one up, and that worked really well. And so there were there were moments like that that were fun for us as presenters because people were engaged. Um, but in terms of pure reactions, like. I think like suiting up in the Colossus and coming out into the world, we'd see smiles and eyes eyes open. Uh, I think flight, same thing. Um, one of the really interesting things we got lots of cheering on is when uh, uh, I don't know if it's halfway a third in uh, our fourth player, the Storm, who in in my group was played by Catherine. Uh, the Storm joins, and we talk about you know players of any level can play together and have really, good- and people would cheer. And so we always thought that was a good idea 
but we didn't realize how important it was uh, to people. And I think that was one of those illustrations where they're like, hey, like, uh, we're, I think we've underestimated how big of a deal this is because when we tell a story of like, hey, how many people have that friend who's like always 10 levels behind, you know? Or like when I'm that friend and someone's two weeks ahead of me and they're like, come play. And I'm like, what are you like 40 hours ahead of me already? Like, I don't want to play 40 hours by myself. And so that notion that like you can just play with with people mm-hmm. of any level, especially during the the leveling game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that got lots of cheers, which was which was super cool. Um, uh, the ultimate at, at the end with the Colossus, great. I think the um, Swarm Tyrant coming coming down uh, the tube and, and seeing that that's the first time we saw like we saw the Titan, I guess, but you didn't fight it. It's like a really mm-hmm. big, meaningful creature that you fight. Um, See so, you know, there were a few moments, and it's just it's just different. Like some were like pleasant as a presenter to have people cheer about stuff, mm-hmm. and some were like, "Oh, this was a really good decision in the game." Um, I don't think there were any points where we expected a good reaction and we didn't get one. But not that you asked that question, but now I'm thinking about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. There probably was, but I can't think of any right now. I think I think nice. for our group uh, personally, we have a pretty good group of friends that play, and being able to play at any time because we have those guys that can't jump on as much as Devin jumps on. Devin will jump on. He'll be playing for like forty-eight hours straight. Um, he takes like and, weeks uh, off of work. He's like, I'm hey, not coming in, guys. It. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But for the, it's good. Hey, you got you do you, man. Yeah. <laughs> But being able to play together at any mission and not be barred by that and not feel like you're holding the team back or you're feeling like, you know, I really don't want to play with you because I'm this far and you're just going to slow me down. I mean, I think that's an awesome approach to it because Mm -hmm. it keeps people more engaged together because the only the times when we stop playing games as a group is when someone's so far out there that they're like, I can't play with you guys because I'm not going to be progressing if I play with you. And that's when, you know, the gaming group starts starts breaking up. But being able to stay together, be like, hey, I'm level two, but hey, come jump in. We'll have fun. I think that's a fantastic yeah, way to keep people together. and you still get experience together. and rewards, right? Like, there's, there's lots of other... Oh, my God, I didn't move my mouse again. Um, there are lots of uh, other, like, ways to solve this, like mentoring systems where you level down or level up or whatever, but, but most of them come with a big downside. And I think... I think uh, we're not the only ones to, to do this before or anything, but I think what we're doing really makes sense for the game. Um, and there'll be some limitations, most li- like like if you want to be max level doing the hardest hard thing, like you're not going to bring your level one friend along. <laughs> like that's not really the point. The point right. is like you could play with them and still get some loot and get some experience. Maybe you're not pushing that hardcore activity you want, but you can have a really good time together. And I think that's right. the important. And then they can become a member of your kind of permanent hardcore activity group, you know. And sure. is there. that is that mentor system something you can talk about now, or is that later down later on down no, the line? No, I was just saying we'll other that. games do like mentor systems. We're not like that's a different way to solve oh, okay. the same problem. Okay, um, I got and okay. so like when we were talking about how would we solve it, about all but different ways other games have solved these things in the past, um, and some have upsides and downsides, and we went with this because it felt like it was the right thing for this game. Very cool. Well, we, we no it feels good. System. It feels good. Yeah, and I'm we, excited. For we've it. been talking for about an hour now. Do you still have a little bit of time we can wrap up, or are you on? Uh, yeah, I'm good. All right, we'll yes. we'll wrap up real quick. We, we can stay as long as you want, I guess. Okay, we've got. <laughs> oh man, order dinner time here. <clears throat> I, I, I can do, I could I could do like fifteen more. All right, yeah. let's let's do that then. I think that was the end of our questions. Do you have something, Ben, that you've kind of seen out there on the internet that people might have something? You know, maybe they're they didn't understand the message that you guys were trying to get past on some certain aspects. I know Mark's been doing like a billion questions on yeah. Twitter, and with that, you know, you you answer a billion questions. You know, six billion questions rise up. Is there anything you want to, you know, hey, this is how this actually is to get the record straight? I no, said? I don't think so. I think I mean I think Mark's been doing an amazing job. I you know, talking the other day, like I don't know how you find the time to do all this because it's not like he can do less of his regular job he's just right. <laughs> kind of doing this extra stuff um which i think is great and i think um it's made a, it's made a big difference um so no i think he's really good at, at clarifying things even though he gives short answers that that, that yeah. deal uh, which is good because i think that it, it makes it very clear what the answer mm-hmm. is um there was only one thing and i i think i jumped into reddit to post on it but just around like 
melee builds like people like can we have melee builds? and it's like no but do you really mean close quarter combat builds like do you want to be close to the enemies when you fight them and have builds that support you being close to enemies then yes we have lots of those things we don't have melee specific builds where you have nine swords and you do all this stuff right <laughs> uh, and it's specifically melee like this is melee like i'm doing this right right um and so that was the only thing that I had seen where people were like, oh, but I want melee builds. And, and I think some people do want melee builds, but I think many people want the experience of close quarter combat, like shotguns and using my melee and and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we will have that. Like we have gear pieces that have a short range on them, so you have to use. Um, that was the only thing I think that I'd seen that had come up. Um, and, and I'd posted on Reddit. I'd, I don't know if it helped. I think I caused some confusion at first, but uh, hopefully at, at the end it was it was clear. But yeah, that was the only thing. Just because I didn't want people who love you know shotguns and close quarter combat to to be like, oh, this isn't for me. When like, hey, yes, it is for you. Um, there'll be plenty of that kind of stuff. Very cool. That was the only thing. Yeah. Well, Thanks. awesome. I'm sure there will be tons more questions that are going to come up, and until you guys tell us the uh, the next time you're going to give us an info dump, which is what date is what date is that <laughs> for the next info dump? I thought I had it written down here somewhere. Yeah, very Find it. We just message yeah. it to me, and I'll make sure it's right. All right, I can do that. August first, I thought was when the next big bunch of it oh that's right now right i see what I'll you did first, right right all right <laughs> yeah that's right was this not good enough for you was this <laughs> are you, you want not are you not entertained i like it i like all right. the other aussie like it. that's right i only know aussie one-liners well ben i we appreciate you coming on and one thing we like to do with our guests is we like to test their knowledge um in an area that they're expert in so this is going to be is awesome. <laughs> so we we do this convoluted game that I made up as a game designer, right? So Ben, you and Devin are going to go head to head and answer five questions, and JD and Mike are actually going to bet on which of you is going to get the questions right. So the, okay. so we. <laughs> I am like I am notoriously known as the worst trivia person who's ever lived. I don't know what it is. I just care. This okay. So, uh, Good luck with the betting. So a lot of people uh, don't know about Devin. That Devin's like Devin's an insane person. That when he like travels anywhere, he like buys like forty tourist books to figure out everything about where he's going. So this this is Australian so trivia. trivia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is yeah. This Australian is a, trivia. Yeah, Australian trivia. Yeah. So we're, we're going to give you a chance. My family's from us. <laughs> yeah. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah. My mom's uh, my mom's whole side of her family is from Australia. So. Oh, cool. What part? Uh, they live uh, in Brisbane and in Manly. That was a trivia question, Devin. Come on. <laughs> uh, I, I, grew up right, I grew up right near Manly. Anyway. Okay. Right hey. All right. Oh, so you, I'm, yeah, you know what? Yeah, well, I'll lose this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, like, this should be stacked in my favor. All right, let's go. Okay. There, let's go. So this have, is. I'm not going to cheat either, I promise. Right, even if it's super embarrassing for me, that. <laughs> all right, this is this should be pretty pretty easy. So, all right, so this is all Australian theme. So, for the first question, Mike, um, odds or evens? I'm gonna go odds. Okay, it was a five. So you get to pick. Who do you think is gonna get the first question right, Ben or Devin? I'm going with Ben on this one. All right, I, I think I've, that's got, a, I've got okay. faith in him. I've got nice faith man. in him. Appreciate all right, that. So, in order to answer, Ben, you have to yell something out. It can't be your name. You have to come up with a saying to yell out to buzz in. So. Come up with some weird word that you get to yell when you buzz in. Colossi. Okay. Devin, you come up with your word. Uh, space bear. <laughs> That's long, but okay. Here we go. So question number one. What is the international telephone code for Australia? Colossi. Ben. Uh, 612? Um, plus 612? I'll give it to you. It's plus 61. Maybe you're just... <laughs> nice. Okay. And I could nice. be wrong because I've never been to Australia, so we're gonna give this no, one you to know, Ben. The, the, the two is for uh, uh, Sydney, where I call. Okay, go. fair so enough. Maybe I got that wrong then. I don't know. No, you got <laughs> it right. Was a for me, you, you got it right because I voted on it. You know, so, yeah, you should yeah. have this one. You're calling your mom once every two days. <laughs> right. All right. Well, we actually use Facebook chat now. No one uses. <laughs> I know. Different story. <laughs> right. All right, JD. Um, you get to pick. Who's going to get this next one right? 
Ooh, I gotta, I gotta put my money on Devin. Uh, Devin's got that determined look it's in his face. Bad choice. All right, <laughs> I, w- I never would have gotten this. So, what is the capital of Australia? I'm oh my gosh! Shot to answer here. I know the answer. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say Ben is not answering. That is, there's something wrong here. Uh, shoot, I don't even know. I'm gonna say uh, completely wrong. Maybe uh, Perth, but I, I doubt that. That is incorrect. I, Go ahead, Ben. Most Canberra. people guess, uh, yeah, Canberra. Most people guess um, Sydney or Melbourne. And actually, the yeah. funny story is because they're the biggest, more popular cities. Mm-hmm. Is that Canberra's in the middle, and so when they couldn't decide which would be the capital, they just picked a spot in the middle and made a city called Canberra. That's oh. awesome. <laughs> that might not be true, but I think it's. <laughs> I may have made uh, that up. But... <laughs> it sounds like a story we heard driving down to EA play. I mean, given the history of Australia, that makes sense. Okay. Some stories. Man. All right, Mike. So you right, get to pick. So I'm now. up now. Yep. I'm up now. So so Devin's behind two zero. Okay. So I know that when Devin is behind, he just kind of stays behind. So I'm going with. Devin. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. This is going to be a great Mario Kart. Story. <laughs> right. oh. Blue shell. No. All right. So Devin's that go. guy that rage quits. He's like, no. <laughs> oh, whatever. I do not. All right. Oh, you guys knock it off. Okay, the Olympic Games in Sydney, Australia, were held in what year? I also know the answer, but do you want a, do you want a chance? <laughs> this feels unfair because these are these are questions that I would have. I to. mean, there's it's like every four years, Devin. Come on, you were there, weren't you there during yeah, Devin, the? I think I, I wasn't remember. there. Was it like 2012? I don't know. No, that was I? totally incorrect. There you go. Ben and Mike are funny story. Now I'm full of all this trivia. There you go. So I don't know if you guys are basketball fans. But um, in 2000, Kobe Bryant was a new, I think he was 24 or something. And so the, we call it Adidas, but the Adidas uh, people were um, renting out um, the uh, barracks, whatever, at, our, at my high school. And so the uh, U.S. basketball team was staying there. And so we played three-on-three with Kobe Bryant back in 1999. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. We did not win, but it was. It was <laughs> I don't know, but but that's plus five in this trivia game. So Devin, there's no way you can come up. So. The last question's worth a hundred points. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. That's not how this game is balanced. If it's not about candy, I'm probably not going to get it right. So. <laughs> okay, so yeah, weird. All right, JD, your turn to pick. Uh, man, uh, it's just going to be a clean sweep. I, I, don't I, believe, I believe in me. In don't believe, believe in me. You, you, you. You let me down. <laughs> Don't let me down again. Come on, damn it. Okay, here we go. So this one, this one's movie related. Um, so the Australian, a- this Australian actor helped reforge the shards of Narshil in the Lord of the Rings. This is also tied into your Lord of the Rings trivia here. And if you know who is actually from Australia, do you do you, do you want to have a shot? <laughs> no idea. How do you? Oh my gosh! I'm so disappointed. I mean, I'm like not Lord of the Rings trivia. Look at the answers over here. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> cheat. I'm actually now second guessing myself. Is it Hugo Weaving? It is Hugo Weaving. That is correct. Yeah. I mean, that's who I pictured, really? but I couldn't tell you his name. <laughs> Agent Smith. That's who it was. Agent, Agent Smith. Smith. Agent Smith. All right. So this this is this will just be just because I have a fifth question. There's no way, Devin, that you'll ever be able to <laughs> top in on his Australian knowledge. So. We'll, we'll, I'll open this up for all of you guys to see if anyone can get this because who knows. So what is the mascot of the Australian National Rugby Union team? Do you know this one, Ben? Mm-hmm. Of course he does. Look at but, that. But, he knew them all. I knew them all. It's like you picked like the five questions that I'm like, you know what I mean? It's, it was like, what high school did Ben go to? I'm like, oh, I know that answer. What is you know, Ben's last name? So I'm going to try this one. I'm going to try this one and do like a real lame, cheesy answer. And I'm going to say they're the kangaroos. That is incredible. Well, I guess I don't know what a... It's super close. It's a very good guess. I mean, it, it's not a wallaby, is it? It's the wallabies. Yep. It is a wallaby. Oh. And I, hey, I was going to I was gonna say I it's know, not a kangaroo, either, but don't th- they I look remember similar. That, that's either the rugby league team or the women's soccer team i can't remember but someone's called the kangaroos or the field hockey team oh, really, awesome. really good guess though it's the wallabies which like kind of look like a kangaroo so you know 
That's there why. You go. I, that's why I wasn't gonna yeah. say Actually, no. Are they ever even? Uh, I should know this. Here's an embarrassing time. <laughs> I don't know if they're from the same species or it's like a synonym, or, but like I believe it's different. So awesome. in my defense for the topic, oh. I asked Ben. It's like, hey, what are you really good at? He's like, I'm terrible at trivia, but I know like EverQuest early MMO stuff. And I'm like, well, none of my hosts know anything about early MMOs. So we went with the Australian. But I appreciate that, and because uh, yeah, you gave me some good easy questions. Well, <laughs> we like to we like to make our hosts feel good here. So so they come back. So consider it an open <laughs> invitation exactly, to always uh, come back. That, that was successful for the trivia part. They were there. <laughs> Well done. Very nice. Well, freelancers, this has been episode 48 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. We'd like to thank Ben for coming on and spending, you know, a pretty good amount of time talking to us about a bunch of random stuff about Anthem. I hope you've all learned a little bit more about the process, how how much work actually goes into doing all this stuff. It's not just flick a button and all of a sudden all the problems and bugs <laughs> are gone. So if we have nothing else, guys, I think there's a, there's a shaper storm on the horizon and we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Great. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was uh, good fun. Hey, Thanks, thank ben. you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. All right. See you guys. Take care. Have a great see day. See ya. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex, on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. What are you holding up? Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at mlamson25, at neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work. <laughs>